but most people are like, well, John, it's the thought that counts. You're just being mean. I'm like, no, it's the thoughtful thought that yes. counts. Yes. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Agri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts if you're not already. While you're there, drop us a review. We'll read it here on the show. This week's featured Jeez. review comes from GPS House Hunt via Apple Podcasts. They say, keeping pace with change. There are many, many places to get your real estate news, advice, and education. However, Reminder Media Stay Paid series is my go-to, in my opinion, best in class. That's funny. My opinion, too. That's also my opinion. <laughs> Whether you are just starting out it's as my a top mom's producer, opinion as well. mom's <laughs> producer or a mom's opinion, there's never a day that should go by that you don't learn something new. Real estate has historically been slow to adapt and evolve, but with the content that Stay Paid provides, you will be in the know and you will grow. Thank you, GPS House Hunt, for leaving that review. Our guest today, we're super excited to have John Rulin on the show. John is the world's leading authority in maximizing customer loyalty through radical generosity. He is the founder and author of Giftology, a book we've talked about a lot on the show. Yeah, we have. have read a few times and has been featured in Fox News, Forbes, Fast Company, Inc., and New York Times while becoming the number one performer out of one and a half million sales reps for one of the uh, world's most recognizable brands. John developed a system of using generosity to gain access to elite clients and generate thousands of referrals. John, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. John, man, it's awesome to have you on the show. We're excited. What I love about what you do is, you know, a lot of times in sales, people, I think, get very transactional um, and, and a lot of commission breath. But you have brought in this really concept of relational sales and gifting as a way to bridge that gap. And I'm loving to hear your ideas on how you do that in 2023. But before we kind of jump into how maybe we can apply it into this next year, I would love for you to kind of share your story with the audience. What led you on this journey to being kind of the authority on gifting and what led you to write the book? Yeah, man. Well, I, I think I, a lot of things uh, come out of necessity and desperation, right? Like if you're, you grow up poor, uh, you have a hunger to go not be poor anymore. So you find a way to just call your way to, to not uh, being, you know, in need. Uh, I, I grew up in the Midwest. I didn't grow up with, you know, knowing what a referral was or what an entrepreneur was, or like I, I grew up milking goats every morning in Ohio on a farm, you know, one of six kids, you know, we were like Davy Crockett style heating our house with wood, one acre garden. <laughs> I was not hanging out at the country club or, you know, David Buster's. I was, you know, bailing hay in the summers. And so um, I, you know, determined I didn't like that very well. I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. So I got straight A's all through school, was an overachiever and was going to make my mom proud uh, by going to med school. I was going to go be a DO or a chiropractor, more holistic alternative um, and my life changed, you know, like a lot of us do because of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine was, uh, my girlfriend's dad at the time I'm 20, getting ready to go to med school. I'm in college, Malone university, small Christian school. And, uh, I, I'm looking to pay for med school. So I go and intern with Cutco, the knife company. And I had no idea what Cutco was. I just knew that my buddy of mine who was a seminary student couldn't sell you know, himself out of a paper bag was selling these knife sets for thousands of dollars and was making good money. And I was like, Steve, like you suck at sales. And he's like, I know, but the training's good. The product's awesome. I'm like, if Steve Wiggers can do it, I can just try. 
had no idea that Cutco would work with millions of college kids and whatever else. I was just desperate to not have to go work at Gap for five dollars an hour, you know, twenty years ago. Mm. And uh, and so I pitched my girlfriend's dad, who was this rainmaker referral source machine. Like he was the guy everybody came in town wanted to to work with him. And one of the reasons was is he was generous. He was always giving things away. He'd find a deal on noodles and buy like forty grand in noodles, and everybody at church the next Sunday would walk away with like a year's supply. And when I'm 20, I'm like, Paul, like, are you insane? Why would you drop 40 G's on noodles? And uh, he was like, he was like, I just love showing up generously for people. So it wasn't tactical for him. So I, I work up the courage, you know, awkward conversation, pitch my girlfriend's dad knives. He buys a set for his three unmarried daughters and himself. And then he asked the most generous question you could ask somebody. I want to help you hit your goals. What else can I do? The knives last forever. And so I, a week later, I pitched him a second time knives. And I'm thinking all of his clients are like CEOs of companies and insurance companies, financial firms, lumberyards, home builders, you know, it's Midwest, Ohio. And uh, I think they're all in hunting and fishing. Maybe they'll buy like the $200 cut of pocket knives. And he changes my life forever. He's like, John, I don't want to order pocket knives, but I'll order a hundred of the, you know, the $100, $200, whatever, pairing knives. Wow. And I'm like, Paul, why would you give a bunch of dudes that are CEOs of million and billion dollar companies like a kitchen full? That's weird. Why? And he said, John, in 30 years of having this business, the reason I have more access and deal flow and all these outcomes that everybody wants in business, I found out a simple truth. And that's if you take care of the family, the relationship, all of the other stuff that we want to have happen tends to happen. Hmm. So for me, that was like the lightning bolt moment of like, it's not about the stupid knives, although to this day, our agency does millions of dollars on knives and other things. The the knife was a delivery vehicle for an emotion. And we all make decisions emotionally. And do I like this person, trust this person, are they top of mind, all that stuff. But most people don't have a plan, a proactive plan on how that happens. And so they end up, you know, they'll give out knives, but they'll slam their logo on it. Well, that, that's not a gift. If you put your logo on it, like that's a manipulation. That's like, hey, you know, like would you ever go to somebody's wedding and on the Tiffany's vase, compliments of rematch or compliments of Ernst and Young? Like that'd be the cheesiest thing in the world. But we do that in business called branded marketing. And so what I realized is that nobody was teaching or training on this topic to really move business forward and drive revenue. Like nobody cares about gifts, but we all care about deals. We all care about referrals. We all care about loyalty. And so I dropped med school like a bad habit. It's like, I can go to be a half million dollars in debt or I can try to do this entrepreneurial thing. And, um, and that I never looked back. That was 22 years ago. And you know, I have 25 pro sports teams, but a lot of my core businesses, even to this day are the small mid market companies that are David's trying to compete with the publicly traded Goliath. And they don't have more money than their competitor, but they can be more creative, more thoughtful. And, uh, and we, they almost every business, rises and falls on those relationships. So it's not really a gifting conversation. It's how do I stand out and build memorable relationships? Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Lost <laughs> video there for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, dark for a second. John, break, break it down for us because kind of going, going into this idea, I think everyone agrees that, or understands the value of giving a gift. I think most people genuinely enjoy giving gifts. Mm. How does someone in a small business kind of systematize it? Like, how have you gotten it to a point where you know sort of what to send, when to send, who to send to? Yeah, well, I think that a lot of times people, um, they've been programmed or conditioned to do things a certain way. Like, 
you know, in business, like, Hey, we have a summit, we have a sales conference. Like they, you, people kind of get into what is everybody else doing? Hey, I want to advertise. What is everybody, how's everybody else advertise? But as entrepreneurs, the, the ones that, you know, you know, you can always point to an Elon Musk, but really anybody that's broken through and done something special tends to go against the grain and do something very different than what everybody else is doing. Right. Like that otherwise it's just marketing noise. It's just the same stuff. And gifting is one of those things where people tend to give gifts at expected times, mm-hmm. anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas. Hey, we've been in business 10 years. Here's a gift. Hey, we closed the deal. Here's a gift. I don't like if a realtor or a home builder, like we have a home builder that we work with. Um, when they start with us, they're building like 60 homes a year. And they said, Hey, we want to do a closing gift. I'm like, no, you don't. They're like, yeah, we do. I said, do you want more referrals? And I said, well, yeah, I want more referrals. So I'm like, somebody buys a you know, half a million dollar house from you and you give them you know, your big basket of stuff or whatever. Like that's expected. They spend a half a million dollars and they get a $250 basket. Like, does that feel good? That's expected. It's transactional. Would you say you're a transactional, you know, in the transaction business? They're like, no, we're all about relationships. I'm like, you just gave a gift at a transactional time. Mm. If you give a gift after referral, guess what? You're a transactional gifter. It's tit for tat. You got something, here's your thing back. Mm. Whereas if you show up for a relationship out of the blue, that's how I can send, I can help a client send something to whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people. If I show up for that relationship, is it just because I was thinking of you? All of a sudden, now the person's like, I didn't give a referral. I didn't sign a deal. It's not renewal time. You know, like, why are they doing this? Oh, because they care about me. They were mm. thinking of me. So the, part of the system is laying out and saying, hey, when would it be unexpected? When would it mean the most? Well, it mean the most when you did it because you wanted to. It's like, if I show up for my wife on anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas, do I get any brownie points? Like, no, like those are table stakes times. I better show up, but that's, I'm not getting any. But if I show up on a random Tuesday and say, honey, we got, we got four kids. Like, hey, got the spa, both at the Four Seasons. Like if I do it on a random time because I chose to, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you did this out of intentionality because you're thinking of me. Mm-hmm. And all humans are that way. So you can develop a proactive system and say, hey, I got 20 referral partners. I got 200 past clients. Don't give a gift when you close a deal. Like with a home builder, they did this the basket because that was tradition they wanted to. But then... Year a year after the home was moved into and built, that's when we hit them with the heart bomb. And it was, you know, not insignificant. It was like a thousand dollar gift. But the amount of referrals that they got then, because they're like, we thought you forgot about us. We moved into the home, we're past the warranty period, and all of a sudden, like this thoughtful note and engraved knives with our name on it, no logo. Like now all of a sudden you have an heirloom in their house and they're like, wow, these guys are first class. Why? Because they shifted the timing. They did because they wanted to. They made it all about the person. So a lot of the recipe of the blueprint, uh, we charge tens of thousands of dollars to walk clients through this and then execute it for them. Mm-hmm. We did done for you service. But your audience could go download the exact same playbook that we take the Chicago Cubs through uh, and go to giftologyplan.com. And it walks through like, when should you be thinking about it? What should you be budgeting? How frequently should you be touching them? What should the, you know, like, what should the notes say? All that kind of stuff that people like, oftentimes either they don't think about it or they just kind of like shortcut it and like, ah, it's just easier to order on Amazon. I'm like, are you trying to communicate that they don't matter and that you just want to hit the easy button? No. Like part of the thoughtfulness is taking the time to do the little things that make somebody feel a certain way. So there is a way to systematize it, but it's almost going against the grain of of what everybody else has been taught. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Uh, a lot of times what I share with people, it's like, 
you know, raving fans are created when the unexpected is done. And it's so obvious when you think about a raving fan that is raving poorly, right? You go to a restaurant and you get poor service. The unexpected happened to you. You go to Yelp and you write a bad review. You rave about it in a bad way. The same applies to raving fans in a good way. Um, I'm curious, um, like when you send a gift, like you send that heart bomb or whatever that was, like what follow-up should take place? Because that is a follow-up piece, right? But should there be any proactive follow-up, like a phone call, like a touch base? What, what do you recommend to people on how they should follow up after the gift or during the gift? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last thing you want to do is make it feel like a bait and switch. Okay. That's not a gift. Like if you give a gift to your spouse and then expect something that night, was it a gift? No, it was a manipulation. Yeah. Mm. But you want to make sure that they received the thing. Um, so if they reach back out say, Hey, thank you so much. Be like, Hey, you know, it's, you know, great to hear from you. Glad you enjoyed the thing, you know, talk, Hey, I'd love to catch up with you. All right, cool. Well then you set like a phone call for it was a text or not, whatever else. And, and then take a genuine interest in what, Hey, what have you been working on? What are you up to? Like, give me two minute brag session, like make it about them. And oftentimes when you love on somebody that way, and then you follow up and touch base, you know, like there's no ask like, Hey, I'd like a referral. Cause that's that. Then it's not a, that was a give to get that's a manipulation, but we all want referrals. We all want deals. And when you pour into somebody, it's kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk's, you know, book, jab, 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 right hook was yep. give value, give value, give value. Then you can earn the right to ask, not the right to expect. That's the, that's the key is, you know, over time you can ask for referrals or ask for whatever else. But oftentimes if you love on somebody consistently, your referral partners, your clients, and, and then you do all the other stuff well, too, right? Like, you can't be a sucky realtor, loan officer, financial advisor, give great gifts, magic, everything's better. Like, this has to be like the cherry on top of Sunday that people are like, oh my gosh, right. I already liked you. You just poured gasoline on the fire. Now I love you. And so, so many people are like, oh, I'm just going to give great gifts. It's like, if you don't do the other things, it doesn't matter. And won't, they won't, a great gifting, giftology campaign won't save you. But when you follow up, like, make it about them and you've made the gift about them or gifts about them, what's going to go through that person's mind? Like, well, they're going to ask, Hey, what can I do for you? Yeah. Or, hey, what's going on in your world? Or, Hey, you know, share some exciting things. Oh, you know, we got now 40 referral partners. We, you know, we're up 30% for the year. And we like, but you want to make sure that you're using the gift properly and using the follow properly, not to be like, Hey, I gave you a gift or allude in a note. Like, the finest compliment you can give me is a, you know, is a referral. <laughs> like that, putting that with the gift basically is like, I'm trying to bribe or buy you, you know, like, or manipulate you into giving me a referral. That doesn't feel good. People want to refer people that they love. They, and so you, you can nudge the odds in your favor. But if you go into it with that, like, or pissed off, I sent a gift and they haven't sent me a referral. It's been a month. It's like you like you're they can feel that tension and you're completely ruining what you're you know, like you should be playing the long game in decades, not days. So if you're like, hey, I sent all these gifts now, I better get my referrals tomorrow. Like yeah, so you're true. not playing the long game. You're like impatience is gonna blow things up and you're actually gonna piss people off or make them feel awkward and uncomfortable because it wasn't really a gift. You were just trying to bribe them. That doesn't work. Yeah, it's so true. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. 
American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. How many gifts would you recommend sending to somebody? I know it probably depends on the value of the relationship a little bit, but it's like, you know, if Josh is a key client of mine, key relationship, am I gifting multiple times a year? Like, and how do you balance it not being kind of awkward or or weird that you've given almost too many gifts, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be like Chevy Chase and like, Hey, <laughs> Shelly of the month club, you know, Hey, I'm just, you know, like that's not, if it's on, if it's on autopilot, you know, where it's monthly, I, to me, that's too much. Now there are caveats. If you're going after a prospect, like I went after Jeffrey Gittimer back in the day, I had no connections to him. I had no, you know, I didn't grow up a country club or authors, whatever else. You know, I sent him the four thousand dollar Cutco set. I sent him eighteen gifts in a row over eighteen months. Wow! <laughs> yeah, carve out time for me, blah, blah blah. Most people give up after the third or fourth at most. They were after the first, but him, I was like pleasantly persistent. Like that's my pleasantly persistent, pleasantly persistent. Love that. You know, and I wasn't. I just wanted time with. Him. Like that was the goal was just to get some time with him. So the, uh, but that's a prospect. That's a dream 100. 80% of what we focus on is more market, taking somebody that likes you and making them love you, taking somebody that's passively loyal, that if they're asked, hey, who's your realtor, they'll tell you. An actively loyal person, you know, whether they're an employee or a client, is going out and selling on your behalf. You know, like Cameron Harrell, the guy did the Brooks Brothers experience for, people like, man, you dropped 25 grand on one relationship. I don't even have 25 grand on my entire budget. I'm like, you would if you got Cameron Harold on your side. I'm like, if I wanted to hire Cameron on my sales team, it cost me $2 million a year. I got him for 10 years for 25 grand and I didn't pay him commissions. He just wanted to go see me win. So for half the cost of an assistant, I was able to get Cameron Harold, the, the CEO of when he hired got John. So when you put it in that context, people are like, I can never do what you do, John. I'm like, do you have an assistant? You know, do you spend money on marketing? Well, yeah, I, I have, do you do Facebook ads? Do you do billboards? So cool. So what was your overall biz dev relationship building budget? Oh, it was 100 grand last year. Oh, so you could do it. You just have chosen to do it a different way. Mm. And so the frequency to me is two to four times a year is about the right cadence. So it's like, hey, I was thinking of you. I really appreciate the relationship. It's not tied to a deal. If you go more than once a quarter, in my opinion, you're either trying too hard, you're making too much, you're making them feel awkward. Gotcha. The goal is to be, hey, I was thinking of you. Hey, I really appreciate you. Not, hey, I'm trying to like needle you um, and make this a weird, like, oh my gosh, they're trying too hard. So there is a fine line. And I would also say that to me, most people that are affluent, if you're making six, seven, eight figures, like you don't need more stuff, right? Like most during the pandemic, like people were like, we're go- like lined up for a mile to goodwill because they realized gosh, I got all this crap. I got all this swag. I got crappy stuff on my shelf. I don't even look at it. I just have to dust. They don't need half of this stuff. They just got rid of it. But most people have room for a thoughtful artifact. You know, like most people have room for something that's like, wow, this is thoughtful, all about me. I use it every day. So that's why, you know, like one of my favorite gifts I used to make fun of, like people would do like mugs and jackets and water bottles, whatever else. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. Like I already have a hundred water bottles. And then this artist made, uh, they're called artifact mugs. They're like two grand a piece. 
Wow. wow. They made me and my wife cry with these stupid mugs. Why do they four a couple grand? Well, they take four weeks to make and carved into it is your core values, your faith, your family, family legacy. Like I just made Tim Tebow cry with one. Wow. <laughs> and why did he cry? No, it was on stage. We were both keynoting this event. He's crying. Tim Tebow can buy whatever he wants. Like That's incredible, man. But the mug, the, it's the meaning, the thoughtfulness. Like it was like, I got his wife to speak into it. Um, so two grand to me, and what a lot of my mentors have done this for and our clients that hire us to do it. You know, like they'll go, you know, a sales awards, like 20 grand for a Rolex. And I have guys that are like, John, between the mug and the Rolex, I'm grabbing the mug if my house is on fire. Wow. Because the meaning, the story, the thoughtfulness of this, this can get replaced in a, you know, insurance, who cares? It's, yeah. it's just, it's nice. But the meaning, the thoughtfulness of this artifact, and I had actually the guy who hosts the Flores Lab on Netflix, got one of the mugs, Rutledge Wood, and he sent me a video saying, if my house was on fire outside of my kids, this is the first thing I'm grabbing. That's incredible, man. What yeah. about his wife? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she can run too. She's she's out of the she's house. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, no, she's <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, what, do you, what do you think about There's really a mug? Yeah, like, I it love make that. Any sense, but as humans, we don't make sense. We like meaning is what makes sense to us, right? It's like context. Yeah, and all the that, personalization, so. the the connecting to your story, your values. I love that so much. What about brownies, right? Because I just want to hear your thought process on people sending. I get a lot of brownies today, man. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of brownies being sent to me. And what do you think about sending food? I have my thoughts, but I want to get yours. So, on, part of that giftology plan is the ten worst gifts to avoid giving. Yeah. Every one of those rules that I, I have as a top 10 worst, there's, a, there's always an anomaly of like, this will work. But in general, I don't allow people to send, like we won't send food uh, or alcohol or anything that's consumable for a number of reasons. One is I'm trying to get somebody to think about me once a day for the next 20 years. Thousands of impressions. Thought, like not just hey, a keychain, but like a thoughtful like mug. Wow, I'm in tears. Impression. If, even if I send somebody their favorite bottle of wine, it's like an Opus One for $500. It's down the drain in 24 hours. Bingo. It's really pissed away. Bingo. Like I spent $500 for one impression. To me, as, a, as an entrepreneur, that's not a good use of capital. Like I need to be, I have to outspend or be more thoughtful than a publicly traded company that's billions of dollars. I can't do that thinking the same way that they do about that. So I want the mug if it, or the knives or whatever it is, if they use it every day. Like now I'm getting thousands of impressions for the save $500 or $250 or 50 bucks or whatever the numbers are. The other thing with food is, you know, like a lot of people switch their diet up. Sometimes they're keto. Maybe their wife or husband's gluten-free. Like there's so many ways that you can offend or piss people off with food or alcohol. Maybe their kid or their dad is an alcoholic or... So to me, food and beverages have a lot of downside and very little upside, even though it's like, oh, well, everybody eats and drinks. Well, that's true, but most people vary how they eat and drink and you're not getting the, you know, the cost per impression is super high. So I don't like brownies. They're like, oh, it's only $25. I'm like $25 for one impression. And if they're on a diet or eating healthy or whatever else, now you're tempting them and they're going to feel guilty. <laughs> now mean. there's gift guilt. Because they're throwing it away and they're pissed off. And it basically, they spent $25. If you're somebody like 
Like Brad Lee, who has a you know, big podcast as a friend. Yep. He's like, I actually get angry because it basically said, it's a big F you is I don't know you well enough to know mm-hmm. that you don't want sugar around. You need another temptation around. And so it's basically, they spent money to annoy, frustrate, or piss me off. Mm. And that's not a good use of capital in any business. I don't care if you're a solopreneur or a Fortune 500 company, but most people are like, well, John, it's the thought that counts. You're just being mean. I'm like, no, it's the thoughtful thought that counts. It's, hey, I know you, I care about you. And this isn't about me. This is about you, You, your family, your assistant, your kids. Like most people, like they give the gift in their company colors. It's like, why? Is it a gift or is it a promotional item? If it's a promotional item and that's, that's what you're trying to thing. do, yeah. then fine. Mm-hmm. But don't expect somebody to weep when, they, <laughs> when you send them like something in Remax Red or Keller Williams Red. Why? Because they made it all about the person who is giving the gift, the giver versus the receiver. Big difference as far as emotional buy-in and impact. And, oh, by the way, big difference in outcomes as far as referrals, deal flow, and opportunity. Mm-hmm. which is what we all want as small business owners. So good, man. So what do you say from like a budgeting standpoint? Because we kind of covered two to four gifts a year for those clients that you want to build the relationship with. Kind of talked a little bit about what not to send and some of those ideas for the for the best gifts to send. What should a small business owner be setting aside budget-wise? Because you mentioned taking, hey, if you're spending $100,000 a year or or a month, uh, some businesses on, on Facebook ads or on this type of marketing, let's move some of that budget somewhere else. Should they be looking at it as percentage of their revenue? Should they be looking at the potential value of that relationship moving forward? Yeah, it's both. And in general, our rule of thumb is five to 15% of net profit. Of net I don't care profit. what somebody, like sometimes people are like, we originated $27 billion. It's like, no, that's cool. What did you actually net? Mm. Oh, we netted $270,000. Big difference than $27 billion. So, you know, doesn't matter what the industry is like it's net. So if you netted as a realtor, you know, half a million dollars, great. It's, you should reinvest five to 15% of net back into the relationships, do three things, keep the relationship, grow the relationship. And the secret sauce is over time, turn those clients, centers of influence, partners, vendors, whoever they are, pillars of the community into active sales reps for your brand. That's where the secret sauce is. That's where people are like, man, I invested a hundred grand, but I got like 50 sales reps out there for a hundred grand. I could never, I couldn't even hire five sales reps. I couldn't even hire one sales rep full time. And oh, by the way, your clients are better sales reps than anybody you're ever going to hire anyway. Because why? Because they're running in the circles you want to run in and they're unbiased. A sales rep is viewed very differently. It's why somebody gets a book, they read it. They're like, wow, this is amazing. Somebody gets a brochure, that's marketing. Very different response, even if it's saying the exact same words. Mm, People perceive it very differently. So, five to 15% of net seems like a lot. People are like, man, I made a million dollars last year. That's 50 to 150 grand. I'm like, yeah, but you get to keep 850,000 and the other people are buying their own gifts. And oh, by the way, if those people went away, what would your profit be? Zero. Yes. Mm. So, you get to keep 85%. You get to take 15% at the most. Some people do more than that, but most people it's less. Let's just go to the median, 10%. You get to keep 90%, you reinvest 10%. And oh, by the way, if you do this right, one year you make a million if you reinvest it. Now next year you make 1.3. Last time I checked, that's a pretty good ROI in a short amount of time. 
And over time, you start to stack that. And, I, and that's how we landed. We just had a call with the you know Cleveland Browns and you know, people are like, how are you in pro sports? It's like, I've loved on my relationships and people within the NFL go out and sell on my behalf and wow. they make no commission. Yeah. That's so if so I wanted to get into pro sports, there's licensing and sales reps and whatever else. I don't have a sales team. My clients and people that are out there. And so for me, this year, we'll invest you know, $700,000 in relationships That's and love heart bombs to people. Mm. People like 700 grand is a lot. And I'm like, I'm a small company, but almost all of my marketing goes towards loving on my relationships, inspiring them to want to send deals and open doors and advocate for me. And our employees, our employees, we do things like pay for their house cleaning. And you're like, man, that's a lot of money. How much is that? Like $3,000 an employee. How do you afford that? Wow. And I'm like, how do you afford a recruiter to go recruit people? Like, like, just pay it. I'm like, well, nobody brags about their 401k. Nobody brags about health insurance. A lot of the things that cost a business owner a lot of money. Guess what they do brag about? The extra five hours that they get with their kids and their pets and their hobbies. And nobody would pay for house cleaning, even at Google. So doing things for people and showing up for them in a way that nobody else does makes that inspires them. And so most of the people that work for Giftology are family and friends of people that are at work for us. That's awesome. And you, you know, okay. you know, you have a good company if your employees are your best sales force, not only for the company, but also for the employees. If you don't, then there's probably, and we're not perfect, but there's probably something wrong and to me, like the best dollars you can invest are taking care of the people that already like you and inspiring them to want to go out and advocate. And just for clarity, the is the employee uh, gifting also included in that same 5 to 15% budget? Like that's all, that's clients plus employees? Not typically. I mean, typically it's a separate that's based budget. Okay. salary. Okay. It's, cool. a percentage, it's a percentage of their salary. So, gotcha. and people are like, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's like 10% of salary. It's like, well, you'll hire somebody and you'll give them like a salary range of like 55 to 65,000. Mm-hmm. And you won't think twice about that range, right? That's a $10,000 swing when you're hiring somebody. Yeah. Where's that $10,000 go? I don't know. Yeah. But if you took that $10,000 per employee and said, hey, we want to take care of, you know, your kids camps during the summer. And we want to like take care of house cleaning. And hey, when you go on a trip, we want to make sure we're going to upgrade you. Like, you could look like that $10,000 per employee means nothing when you're hiring them. You're like, yep, we got to hire these five employees. And I'll add an extra, you know, mm-hmm. $200,000, $300,000 to the overhead of the company. And, and the business owner, even a small business owner, is like, yeah, we just got to hire people. But then, like, they don't, they won't invest that same amount of money to take the relationships that they already have and celebrate them in a way that inspires them to want to be engaged. It's how we've been able to be remote and operate with billion-dollar companies as a small little Midwest firm. And virtually, for 14 years, wow. we had to figure out how to engage people from afar, not necessarily just spending the most money on pay, but like how do we like show up for them in a unique, creative way that makes them say, wow, I matter, and I'm going to treat them like an adult, and um, I want to see the company win. And all the things that we want from a culture perspective, a lot of that could be communicated differently. It's like one of the worst things. Like all the companies that are like, even small companies, you've worked there for five years, 10 years, 15 years. You put in five years is 10,000 hours. 10 years is 20,000 hours on average. Jeez. And, they, and, and the way they appreciate their employees, big companies, small companies, the same. Here's a catalog of crap from China that I'm going to slam my logo on and you don't really want. 
and pick out the pen and pencil set <laughs> for seven, that you can get from Target for $17. Thank you for being with us for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years. You want to talk about the biggest punch in the face? Or how about, how about an award? Piece of an glass. award, a piece of glass. <laughs> This is so good, they're man. Like, they're spending money to insult and embarrass the people that they're in, supposed to be deep in a relationship with. Yeah, I'm just like, gonna sink. I'm just gonna sink under the table. I'm gonna sink <laughs> under the table right now. You're you're so right, man. It's the way you're framing it up. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. How that? It's like, how are you showing up? Uh, yeah, that's so how good. do you? So it's kind of going back to your your client base. How are you kind of laser focusing on the people that you should be targeting with the gifts, right? Because I'm, I'm sure there's, there's, or are there tiers of value of gifts that you're sending out? Or, and, and how are you picking like yeah. your most valuable clients? And how are you breaking that up? Well, from it, it, I mean, it's based on, I mean, in general, it's based on a bucket of, you know, it's revenue, it's net. And we're going to go and take care of 20% of the people with 80% of okay. the profit. So like it's that, or even sometimes gotcha. 90, 10. Um, so it's not, Hey, we have 3000 relationships and treat everybody the same. Everybody gets a calendar this year. That's how most people do it. Right. It's like, yes. Hey, whatever your budget is divided by your CRM list and everybody's getting, you know, brownies or peanut brittle at Christmas or whatever else. So they're like, is anybody moved and inspired by that? Probably not. So it is taking the budget and focusing in on a, who are the people I actually like to work with? Who are the people that are actually profitable to work with? And who are the people that are undervalued or appreciated that if I loved on them and inspired them, they have the capacity or run with the circle of people that I want to be with. And so part of it is who got you to the dance as a realtor. It's like, Hey, then I've been in real estate for 12 years and I really appreciate the people that have got me to where I'm at. But there's also that like, Hey, I want to grow with some of these relationships and do more than where I'm currently at. And so who are the relationships that are underappreciated, undervalued, and maybe I'm only getting a small percentage of their business and they're a C, but they could be an A plus from a referral source or center of influence. And so it's, it's being strategic with that um, and knowing that some of those on both sides, some of the people you invest in on past relationships, some of the people yeah. that you invest in on future relationships, you know, it's comparable of the, you know, sowing the seed. Some of it's going to fall on rocky soil, get eaten by a crow and people get all pissed off. It's like, we're playing a game. It's just a game, right? It's just, you know, it's like, not all of it's going to produce amazing fruit, but if you get a few acorns that become oak trees, like, holy crap, it makes up for, even if out of five out of the hundred turn into those oak trees, the other 95 don't even matter. Yep. Um, and that's, that's what people don't understand. They're like, ah, I didn't work or it gets all hung up on things where they're like, I gave that and I didn't get that. And it's like, shift your perspective in your heart and realize this is, this is a long game play. This is not easily duplicated and most people will not have the commitment to do it. So you're going to be in this blue ocean if you do this over the long term. Well, one other question just following up on that is how long should you be sending to those clients? Like how long until the relationship you, you realize is, doesn't produce fruit or do you never stop? How long should you send to someone? I mean, there's some relationships that I've sent, you know, like the Cubs took me sending gifts to for seven years before they became a client. Wow. You know, there's a, most people give up after seven days, right? Or seven months. So I do think that there are some people like mentors of mine, you know, what's the value of that mentorship? Like the probably the, the consulting value is probably tens of thousands of dollars an hour. Did they ever refer me business? Maybe some have, some haven't. So I think it depends upon the type of relationship that it is. and What's interesting is sometimes those relationships that aren't in a position of authority to be able to send deals, 
that shifts, right? They move to a different company or they, they move to a different neighborhood or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I do think that that list is going to fluctuate. I think most people take people off the list too fast. Okay. Um, but I do think that, hey, we all have limited budgets. And we have to look at the resources we've been given and said, hey, I only have 10000 or 50000 100000 whatever I'm going to invest in these relationships. I want to be a good steward of that. But I also don't want to just like, oh, I'm going to do this once. If they don't respond, then they're off. It's like, no, especially if they're a client and you're a realtor and you're like, hey, you know, after the split, I made, you know, $25,000 on that relationship. Like, I could, I could stand to invest in that relationship for quite a while. Right before I get another deal. And if it paid off every three, four years with another referral, now they're not going to buy another home necessarily, but another referral, like all of a sudden it's like, I have to get a referral every month or every year. Like if I got one every three years from the top relationships and they're great people and they refer great people, like I'll do, I'll keep doing that, put a dollar in to get $5 back out all day long. Um, so, but I do think it's, you know, not to say not to be strategic, but it's also uh, a lot of times people get over, they have like six categories of lists. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, you're overthinking this. Like, you know, take your list. It's 2,000 people. Pair it down to the top 200. Or it's 200. Pair it down to the top 20. Go all in on those 20. And then evaluate after a year and say, hey, how did that work? What was the feedback? Like, um, but realize that, you know, people can also take it too far and over nitpick. And then they don't either execute it well or they take time away that they should be focusing on FaceTime and things that they can't duplicate very easily by, you know, overanalyzing things and being like, why well, didn't get any referrals from that person in the last six months? It's like, hey, go, go, yeah. go sell some more deals, go write some more handwritten notes and like, you know, build some relationships and, and stop, you know, being such a give to get kind of person. Yeah, no, so well said. Last question for you, man, because I want to ask, you know, knowing what you know now, you know, what advice would you go back and give younger John, like that high school age kid, you know, what would you tell him? Yeah. I mean, high school age John was pretty awesome. You know, like I'm naturally an introvert. Um, I'm playing an extrovert on stage and on, <laughs> you know, on TV, but I'm naturally like, I'm still that kind of, you know, farm kid. I was socially awkward. I was not smooth with the girls, like any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I got cut from the basketball team and had to beg my way back onto the practice squad. I'm like, I, 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 um, I would, I would go back and say, Hey, life's going to get better. Uh, it's not going to get easier, but it's going to get better. And B, I would say that when I started with Cutco and started the agency, I started, I tried to convert everybody to this way of giving and generosity and whatever else. And I tried to take the person who's the biggest taker or the biggest, whatever. And they just didn't get it. That just wasn't who they were, but I would try to convert them into being a giver. And what I've realized is it's way more fun and way easier. And Vaynerchuk has even alluded to this. Like, don't try to convince people. Go do it mm-hmm. and go sell to the people that want what you have yeah. versus trying to convert everybody to be in your way of thinking. You don't need everybody. If you go and give to another giver and partner with another giver, there's a multiplication effect there because you're both in alignment and aligning with the right people and going super... Like I used to send you know, cut spatula spreaders to hundreds of people. And now I'm more apt to send a $10,000 knife set to Tony Robbins with 80 of his quotes engraved on it, make him or his wife cry. Yeah. Go super deep with one person 
versus going mediocre with the masses. I didn't do that for the first 10 years of having the agency. I just tried to like spray and pray. And uh, I wish I could have a lot of that capital back. Wow. Awesome, John. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you, how they can get the book. Yeah, I mean, Amazon's the monopoly on the book stuff. So that, that's probably the best place to uh, to check out the book. As far as, you know, you can email me directly. Um, I won't be the one doing your giftology plan, likely. But, uh, you yeah, know, john at giftologygroup.com is my personal email. And I'll connect you with a giftologist if you have questions or, or whatever else around relationship plans and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but that's my personal email. That's awesome. Thanks again, John. And thank you all so much for listening. You can dive deeper into this episode, get those links that John mentioned as well as a link to his book over at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, there's only two ways we ask you to do it. First is head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review. And the best way to help out the show is just to share this episode with a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. John, thank you so much, man. Definitely lived up to our expectations. So much good stuff. I was personally convicted. I got to look at the gifts that we uh, give to our employees. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Ariel's nodding. So maybe there's something. Yeah, Ariel's like shaking her head over there. I'm like, I'm like, as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go hide in the corner right now. That's so good. Here's my action item. For everybody listening to the podcast is I loved what John said about, you know, we all tend to gift when it's expected. And that literally is just status quo. If you really want to stand out, think about the people that matter to you right now. Who are the top five people that come to mind and do something for them special right now when there's nothing, there's no necessarily reason to do it. You're just thinking about them and you want them to know how you value them. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 